This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome listeners, 2021 marks 150 years from the time that the first substantial group of settlers arrived in Papawaiya. Here with us in the studio is Leslie Courtney from the Palmerston North City Council Library to give us a first uh, insight into the history and environs of today's Palmerston North. Welcome Leslie. Thank you. So what is your role at the library? Well I'm the Heritage Team Leader. Um, Originally, I was a city archivist, and so in reality, I am still that as well. But I take the title Heritage Team Leader and have a team of five uh, with me. There's six people uh, promoting and serving uh, the public on our heritage resources of the library. Oh, that sounds great. So... um you, you said you were the archivist, so what are the archives? Well, um, the archives are the records that are created by people, businesses, organisations that are unique to those um, entities. So we were set up originally as the city archi- archives, that means they're the records of the Palmerston North City Council, and we're legally obliged to keep a lot of those records uh, for, um, uh, for for various reasons and that is legislated. As well as that, the council has always supported the collection of community archives. So those are records of our local businesses, of our local organisations, uh, some of which have many branches, and of people and, and families that uh, live within our region. So what sort of forms are these archives in? They're pretty much still all in paper form. Uh, Basically, archives are the written record. So we have an awful lot of paper, of course, (laughs) which takes up a lot of space. We do increasingly receive some electronic records now, particularly with organisational records. So if we received a donation from, for example, a... A plunket group. Nowadays, of course, everyone keeps their records electronically. So we are increasingly receiving some uh, records that are only electronic, but largely we're paper based. And uh, but that, of course, does include things like photographs. It does include um, uh, sometimes other types of ephemera um, that are also often paper based, but are not strictly uh, archives in themselves, but complement the collection. So, and, and these all are um, labelled and systemised, etc. So, um, if you were looking for a particular thing, you could go to a particular section, or is there an index, or how does it work? Right, so archives, of course, are traditionally kept be- back of house. So they're not like a library where you can browse through and find things. And that's because they are unique documents. So we have an obligation to preserve them and maintain them so that they're there for the future. And that means people can't pull them in and out and perhaps mess them up and put them back somewhere different. So 
they're kept back of house. And so we have finding aids that allow us to uh, find them uh, the way that we have organised them. So, of course, they're organised by us for ease of access, for for um, descriptive purposes, and then we do make that available on a database for the public. So that's what the public see. They can look in there, they can put in keywords, determine what it is they want, and then they ask us for those items which we allow them to read within the library so they, of course, can't be taken away. So to to uh, um, access them, they would have to make an appointment? Yeah, people increasingly make appointments. They can just call in. It usually makes uh, ease of access if you do make an appointment because we have often spoken to you and can just hand over the records that you're going to be requiring on the spot if we've already made that arrangement. Our, our second important role, of course, because we have the city archives the PNCC records, is that, of course, we provide a a similar sort of service for the council officers who require historical records to inform their decision-making and planning going ahead. Right. So, um, and are there any restrictions other than um, direct access that, that apply? Yes, there can be. Um, For council records, for example, there may be sensitive commercial reasons why we wouldn't provide information. Um, In reality, archives are uh, those records that have got long-term value, at least 25 years old. So generally, though any commercial sensitivities have gone by that point of time. So for the general public, we would be obliged to provide those unless we had a very good reason not to. Um, so generally they are available. Of course, we sometimes hold more recent records and those would be the ones that we'd take more care with. For people, it would probably be around privacy. There may be some more recent records that name people, maybe acknowledge more sensitive topics depending on what the records are about, that we would put an embargo on for a number of years uh, so that, uh, you know, you you would have a good reason to be able to access those personal details. But those are relatively limited um, in, in um, you know, in, in all the amounts of records that we provide access to. And is there um, a possibility of copying anything? Yes, there is. Um, increasingly, people just photograph with their phones these days, which makes it easy for them and makes it very easy for us. In the past, we used to spend an awful lot of time photocopying. Um, we do, of course, still photocopy, and we do that ourselves because um, there is an order to the way the records are kept. We like to maintain them in that order. Um, sometimes they are fragile. Um, sometimes they're bound together and, and uh, we just need to be very careful about how we actually treat the records. So we would do any copying like that for them. So often in museums, etc., you see gloves being used. So is that a requisite? Uh, we don't, because we get, um, I guess, smaller use and our um, with our records, we don't absolutely require it with everything. We certainly do with anything like negatives and mm-hmm. um, of, of that variety. So uh, a lot of our photographs, we could require gloves, but we generally house those in clear um, archival envelopes so people can view them without having to actually touch the, the, the actual, actual item. All oh, right. Yep. 
So, um, and from roughly what date were, were archives kept? Um, interestingly enough, we were just looking at what I think is possibly our oldest archive, if not one of the two oldest archives the other day, and that goes back to the 1850s. So that is, of course, before Palmerston North as a town was... Um, was was at you know even a twinkle in the eye so to speak, but of course there were a number of people living in this area, and so records were being created. So I think the eighteen fifties uh, would be our earliest ones, but saying that um, probably yeah it steadily grows through the years. For the council, definitely paper completely proliferates from about the nineteen fifties onwards. Prior to that, um, not only were they not creating as much, uh, they also weren't keeping records the way that we um, increasingly keep records these days. So do, do they have minutes of meetings, council meetings, etc., or, or not? Absolutely. They yep. do. So we have, right. we have all the old minute books, and um, they're some of our oldest council records because uh, those were ones that were kept. Uh, certainly, and maintained well. Um, minute books, I always think, are rather tantalising and not like giving you a lot of detail, but they allude to things and uh, they can um, they can put you on the path of a of a date or something, but they never give enough detail to tell the full story. So unless you were actually there at the meeting and can remember, yeah. which of course um, all those years ago you wouldn't because you'd be well dead by now. That's right. So. But, but sometimes, as I say, those mm. dates can, um, you can find corresponding material that will bring the story to life. And where, where in the library are the archives kept? Right, so we keep the archives, as I said, sort of back of house. So they are maintained in both the Civic Administration building across the road and in the ground floor of the City Library. But the Heritage team operates out of the second floor. So that is the floor that people come to us. Um, we have a special table. It's a, um, an area that we know is clean. It is kept free of food and, and drinks, and that is where people look at the archives, or as we sometimes refer to it, read the archives, and they can do their work there. So they, they come to us on the second floor, and we will bring the records to them. And who, who do they contact if, if somebody's interested in this? Um, they they would come to the second floor or contact the heritage team. So we have an email, heritage at pncc.gov.nz, and of course they can always ring us, uh, or um, which is a, another way that people contact us. So that was heritage at pncc.gov.nz. Right. And that, and that will get the team, so not necessarily get you, but somebody anyway, one it, of the six. Sorry. It certainly will, and, and uh, I, I think most of us can answer all the questions uh, to a degree, and somebody else can always get back to you if it's some more specialist area. So you don't have specific specialist areas like somebody's in charge of housing, somebody else is in charge of minutes of the council and all that sort of thing? Um, you all do everything? No, um, we should all be able to work with the public um, equally, pretty much, uh, with advice if we needed it from somebody else. But we do, as I said, we have a team of six. Uh, amongst those, we have two people uh, in the archives 
which I include myself in, and I'm certainly not there full time. So two on archives. We have one person who pretty much looks after Manawatu Heritage, which is our online repository of uh, digitised archives, which includes a lot of photographs among paper records. And we have a programs coordinator because we also run heritage programs for the public. And we have a local history assistant who looks after indexing our local history news from the newspaper and our team of volunteers who uh, index births, deaths and marriages in the local area. All right. So is there anything else generally about the archives that you'd like to mention? No, I... You know, they're just a wealth of information uh, and we get a wide range of people from, of course, family historians to students uh, to researchers, academic researchers. So it's a a fascinating uh, world that I work in. Uh, There's always something new to find out. uh, And, um, you know, like every place, we have our own unique history. So have you ever had somebody come along and says, well, I don't know exactly what it is I want, but sort of uffy fluffy kind of thing. (laughs) Frequently, yes. Yeah, I mean, particularly with houses, um, people buy an old house or sometimes even only rent an old house and they become fascinated with it and they they say they basically don't really know what they want. They kind of want the history of the house. But, of course, archives are... The way they are organised is that you would get little bits of information from lots of different types of records. So we don't keep, you know, written histories of all sorts of things necessarily, but uh, you have to kind of search out those little bits and together you could pull them together and make your story of your home, for example. Right, so you'd um, be able to find out when it was built and perhaps who who built it and who lived in it. If um, we were lucky, we could yeah. find all those things. Um, as I said, uh, sometimes the older, for example, a house is, the harder it might be to pin that down. Um, there might be a rate book record if the person was paying rates on it, but um, but sometimes... Uh, it, it's hard to find the person to go with the property or the property to go with the person. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle and sometimes we can find enough to make a nice story and sometimes it's very difficult to find very much. So you, you sort of basically start with an address, presumably. We can do, except that, of course, addresses change over the Obviously, years. Obviously, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you've got a family record that lists an address in 1900, it could very well not be the address it is today. So we have ways and means sometimes of getting around that by finding legal descriptions of properties or perhaps um, finding out we may be able to find out when that address has changed and then be able to pin it to a new address. So if I wanted to know something like that, do you, um, I'd say, right, I want to know all all about, well, 16 Guy Street, for example, um, and and you would find all the bits that you could find for me to look at or do um, you say, well, you know, look at this and see if there's anything in there? Yes, it it can work both ways. Normally we would encourage people to do their own research. With a house, um, my way of approaching it is often to say, look, let me have a look around and see what we might be able to find for you and I'll get back to you. Because, as I say, sometimes there can just be a small bit of information in 
10 or 20 different resources and that's not going to be productive of our time probably or your time uh, to sit around and, and find, oh, and now I find, found that little piece out and uh, put it together. So often I approach it as an I'll look around, see what it is, and then I can show you what I've found. All right. Yep. Okay, so we've heard about um, where to start and if you want to research anything local. So how how far, um, when you say local, how far do the archives cover? Well, we obviously the council archives cover the city boundaries and that has expanded over the years. So we do have some complementary council records that were not originally within the Palmerston North City Council, like the Kairanga County Council records. So we received those when there was a large restructure. Uh, But, um, yeah, so those are pretty much contained within the boundary of the city. The community records do vary. They would pretty much be within the Manawatu region, and, of course, most of them really pertain to Palmerston North. But sometimes we have odd bits and pieces that relate, say, to a person that has moved from another place. And so while we like to keep our collections together, we might have a small amount that came from another locality mm-hmm. as well. OK, so coming up, we've got Local Heritage Week. So can you tell us about that? Yes, well, Local Heritage Week, Local History Week, it is going to be a bit different this year um, given the COVID-19 situation. Last year we were really lucky that we ran um, a Local History Week that was pretty much as people would expect it to be. This year we are unfortunately not as lucky and we have made the decision just within very recent times to modify our program to level two uh, lev- uh, restrictions. Now, even if we did go to level one, which um, I don't think any of us are expecting by the first week of November, we will still be running this level two program. We had to make a decision at some point. So it definitely is modified. Um, it's going to be some things we've been able to move out of the library proper, in which case those particularly those particular venues are able to host uh, these occasions when the library cannot. Uh, some things we've been able to put online, uh, like uh, three of our local history talks are going online by Zoom, so we'll be inviting people to join us for that talk. And then there are, we're coming up with, we're compiling lists and we're going to send out daily suggestions of how you can explore your local history in different ways. And and we're going to send those out to people on a a daily basis and say, hey, how about you go and take one of um, our tours with the app, download it onto your phone and walk around the area on a self-guided tour. Or why don't you check out... uh, this movie um, on Manawatu Heritage and sit back, you know, make yourself some popcorn, relax into your chair and uh, and watch our local history online. So where will people get all this information from? Right, so we are at, we're still actually having to adjust our programme and that should be coming out this week. So within the library proper, we will have some programs that people can actually look at. It will go on the City Library website as uh, for any events that we are promoting. There will be, we are asking people on the program that 
if they're not on our uh, Heritage newsletter list and they'd like to receive these daily updates, that we will be they can they can email us on that heritage email and say, hey, I'd love to join you for the week of Local History Week. Can you just pop my name in there so I receive the updates of some of the things I might be able to do? Right, so that is something to look forward to. So when this is um, aired next week, it'll be maybe a bit further (laughs) ahead and you'll be able to find out those information. So in the city, there are many examples of early buildings dotted about. And so a few of these are registered as historic buildings. Um, So what criteria are there for listing a building as historic? Well, there's quite a process, and I'm not an expert in this, so um, I I really am going to sort of speak with limited knowledge on this. But there is two ways of listing our buildings as a heritage building, and one is on the district plan. So the city council maintains a district plan that lists heritage sites and heritage buildings. And then there is, of course, the Heritage New Zealand uh, list, and they have Category 1 and Category 2 buildings. And once again, uh, there is the, they have their criteria. Normally, a building will be nominated to Heritage New Zealand, have a lot of background information that they submit to Heritage New Zealand and Heritage New Zealand apply the criteria and decide whether they will or will not add it to that list um, of being a significant building. Because sometimes some people might look at something and think, oh, that doesn't look very heritage. But of course, it does have significance beyond um, what it actually looks like necessarily too. And it's, that's pretty much the same with the district plan. But there will be some extra buildings that Palmerston North considers important to our city to preserve, but it um, doesn't have enough waiting to sit on the Heritage New Zealand list. So who's responsible for um, maintaining the heritage? You mean the buildings themselves? Yes, yes. Yes, so that's, that will be the owners. So it just depends. Of course, um, Palmerston North City Council might own a building, for example, like Keisha Birch. But then there's an awful lot of private ownership of our heritage buildings. So they look to the council for advice. Um, sometimes they can get some funding as well to be able to maintain their heritage building as as they want to because most people who own heritage buildings really do want to look after them. And there, there are rules and regulations as what you can and can't do to buildings, like um, Kainaho, for example, in... Um, um, Pioneer Highway, that that has a, um, a large history to it, but it's privately owned, I believe, so it's not open to the public. Is that correct? Yes, it's that that is in private ownership, and and there's been various uh, businesses, homestays that have come out of Kangaho over the years, depending on who's who owns it at a particular time. So yes, there are some rules. Um, sometimes, if it's on a heritage. New Zealand list, they're more stringent perhaps than, say, a Category 2 Heritage New Zealand building or what might be on the district plan. But um, basically everyone's trying to work to the same goal, which is to try and preserve our built heritage. So people um, look to try and maintain things as well as they can. So... um 
of course, some early ones would have been built with timber because I understand that um, Papua was a clearing in amongst a whole lot of forests. So, and uh, at one stage, unless my information is incorrect, there were 17 sawmills between Fielding and Palmerston North. So there must have been an awful lot of forest to chop. There certainly was, and it, it was thick, dense forest. Uh, if you look at some of the photos on Manawatu Heritage, it's quite amazing as you see photographs of the square, which was always planned to be the centre of our town. You look at the photographs, and the buildings are quite substantial, and the town's starting to grow. But beyond those buildings in the background, you can still see that standing forest. And so that gives you an impression of, of what that was like. So the... The the bush was a very important part of the early industry because not only did it need to be cleared to make way for new settlers and for farming, it also was a source of income and it also was the made uh, what, what provided the timber, of course, for the buildings. And then a bit later, of course, they um, had brick kilns, of which there's one historic one in um, Featherston Street, the Hoffman Kiln. So, um, and a lot of our, I understand, a lot of our churches, etc., that are built of brick, have were the bricks were made in in this kiln. Yes, and there, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of the brick works around the town in different places as well. So uh, the one that was where Pitt Park is now, which is right next to the Hoffman Kiln, that was a very important one and uh, produced a lot of a lot of bricks. The Hoffman Kiln itself is important because it was made to a particular design that and there is very few of those around the world anymore of that design I understand. And so uh, that's got a lot of history just in the building itself, but it's part of that brick industry that came. Unfortunately, with that brick industry has uh, come a danger to some of our heritage buildings because those um, can be particularly vulnerable with um, earthquakes and... And, of uh, course, in the wooden houses, it would be fire would be the hazard that would be... (laughs) The most outstanding earthquakes, usually the the um, houses built of wood were pretty sturdy, weren't they? Yes, and, and um, the the buildings can often stay the distance, but we have lost a lot of buildings, of course, to fires, as, as all towns around New Zealand have. Right. Well, thank you very much, Leslie. We've actually run out of time. Goodness me, we must have been having fun. So <laughs> I've... Enjoyed talking to you and hopefully people will find that that's a stepping stone for their own research to um, go and find these archivists or, and the um, people in the heritage team at the City Library. So thank you very much again, Leslie. Thank you, Anne. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.